It's the Married with Channels podcast. Hello, I'm Moose. I'm Jody. Hi. Hey. We're married. Yep. We do talk about TV shows and movies. Special edition, I guess. Today's our 15th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. Word it up. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. We've made it. I love you. I love you. We're going to spend the next 15, 20 minutes just talking about how much we love each other. Oh, fantastic. I love, let me start first. I love yeah. your booty. <laughs> In your mind. Thank you. Yes. No. Thank I love you. you. Happy anniversary, I love you. darling. Thank you. Let's get to Happy it. Happy anniversary to you. Too. Thank you, darling. Thank you, my love. I love you so much. <laughs> Let's talk about TV shows and movies. We start with Severance, the Apple TV Plus show with Adam Scott. Um, this is... Um, I know this is spearheaded a lot by Ben Stiller, who directed a few episodes and is a producer on it. And yeah, so this finished up in April of 2022. So there aren't, yeah, I don't think we need to do spoiler warnings here, but there will be some if you haven't watched it. So basically the premise is Adam Scott is this guy who's a widower. He works at this job doing some menial shit in a cubicle. And the catch is... This company has developed this thing called Severance, where essentially when you come into work, you forget everything about your real life. You don't know who you're married to. You don't know if you have kids. You know, they have the special technology and implant in the brain, da, 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 da. Yeah. And so you get into some kind of moral questions about whether or not that's okay. And uh, it's very, it's, it's very, it's shot very, I don't want to say gloomy, but very sterile feeling. Sure. Um, I think gloomy is appropriate because I kind of get that gloomy feel more than sterile. But yeah, even when they're not in the workplace outside in their real lives, it's cold. There's snow everywhere. Everybody's wearing winter boots. It's kind of dark. It's dark. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely not a happy go lucky show. And even during daylight hours, it's got kind of that gloomy overcast feel to it. Right, right. So and it's very uh, it's like interesting because the company is this massive We'll say tech company, but I guess. We, we don't but know we what don't they know. produce. Yeah, they have pictures of smiles in this one secret room, and <laughs> they have this like they have mannequins slash statues of former founders and presidents of the company, and there's almost like this cult worship thing going on. Yeah, it's very strange, and like they have a break room where they. Um, oh yeah kind of brainwash yeah. i would say like it's, it's kind of like a torture interrogation tactic to make them kind of stay in line maybe yeah i don't know it's almost it's not a break room in the sense that we know break room yeah not a break from work it's a break of your mind like yeah. if you're getting out of line maybe you're sassing off they might send you to the break room where you sit down with this woman and she gives you these very vague general questions and reaffirming words and phrases. Yeah, and you have to say this statement out loud and maybe maybe that's like how they program the chip or something to get them to so anyway stay subdued in their roles in this company that we don't know what is for. Yeah. And so we have this what four central characters who are, you know, they're going along with it and you know as this as the season goes on, they all start to kind of question things, especially our our protagonist, Adam Scott's character. Um, I forget his character's name. But it's uh, Mark Scout. Mark. Yeah. Right. 
So he starts to really question things. Uh, this book written by his brother-in-law is snuck into the workplace somehow, and he's reading it, and it's very like, you know, don't be a lemming, be yourself, find Yeah, it's like a self-help book, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, and again, that's his brother-in-law. Yeah. But um, interesting show. I like it. It's one of those shows that I think I have to be in the mood to watch. Yeah. Because it deals with some kind of... There's some sorrow there, you know, his wife passed away. And, yeah. And this whole, like, I'm uncomfortable a little bit with the whole mindless worker drone thing. You right. Know, I'm very much anti-corporate yeah. guy. And, and to me, the fact that somebody willingly participates in a thing that wipes out all of your memory and knowledge of who you are, mm -hmm. other than your work self, is just, it's it's almost kind of uh 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 profound and yeah shaking it, for me. it is kind of out there the thing of it too that we should mention is that when they go home from the workplace at night their regular lives and memories are restored yeah yeah they go so, in this elevator and they, once they go in the elevator wipes their mind to work mode yeah they're any as they call it yeah and then when they leave, the elevator does the opposite. It wipes their any away and turns on their Audi mode. Yeah, which I'm like, you know, if you're trying to escape something painful in your life, like maybe that would drive you to choose this procedure, this severance. But it doesn't really accomplish that because you still have to go home in the evening and be with that. So I'm, I, I kind of don't understand the character's choice to do this willingly i guess I, I do in the sense that it gives him eight hours of relief of having to think about his dead wife sure and so i get that but at the same time and i think that's kind of one of the questions the show tackles is you know dealing with grief do you compartmentalize it and put it away or do you dive into it and deal with it address it and work it out sure you know and this show the characters obviously well one of them anyway I know the motivations for the other characters. One of them is, at least we think, deciding to, I just want to check my brain. I don't want to deal with it for at least eight hours. Sure. So. Maybe so. Okay. But, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. a good show. Good cast. Yeah. You got Adam Scott, uh, John Turturro's in there, Christopher Walken a little bit, Patricia Arquette. It's very well done. And uh, it, it, it brings up some interesting questions you know we talked about grief and all that you know I, the obvious one is the work-life balance where do you draw the line is it making a statement about how we all work too much and are too available you know it's i could see maybe the benefit of having a a work day where you're working and then you go home and you are not working at all like when he's in audi mode mark mm -hmm. he's not going to get a call from his work people sure that's just not a thing sure there are so I can see the there benefits are jobs of that. out there like that like you know i leave my work at work yes 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 you know yeah maybe i just been in a previous job where that wasn't the case absolutely i would long. agree with that <laughs> so do you like severance yeah i do there there is a little kind of plot sticking point that i'm not sure i understand and that is Patricia Arquette's character. And like. Yeah, she's definitely not severed. Right. No, I, I get that. But I mean. Oh, the, 
the, you, you know, the plot hole I'm referring to? The, the fact that they fired her. Yes. And yet after being fired, she is like, she is so set to, bottom line, the four main characters have made a plan and enacted a plan where their innies will be awake on the outside. Right. And she finds out and she's just running through red lights, driving 100 miles apart in a car to help stop them. Yes. But what's beyond that is she's still playing along with the characters in the Audi world as if she were still spying on them. You know, she goes to this book reading and, you know, yeah, it's I don't like know what Mark's that is. family there. And I, so, so I'm, I'm kind of confused by her. Like, so your issue is why is she still yeah, putting working. on the facade? Yeah. When she's been fired. And also, and, and we talked about this, why is she so, why does she care so much right. about stopping them from right. their innies being on the outside? Unless, like, it's truly criminal oh, and yeah. she could get into a lot of trouble for it. Yeah, you know, uh, that's, that's probably the first time we thought of that is, yeah, she might be, if it is illegal, she's definitely complicit. Yeah. She can go down with the company. Maybe. Yeah. That's one theory I had. But That makes sense. I don't know, but it bothers me because it's like, you just got fired. Why do you care? I know. You know, but I think the bigger question with her is why is she a not severed and B essentially spying on Mark? Mm -hmm. She literally lives next to him as Mrs. Solvig. Yeah. Yeah. But at work, she's Mrs. Koble. Yeah. So what's that about? Or Selvig. I'm not sure what her name but is. Bottom line, yeah. it's a different person. Yeah, absolutely. And so why is she out spying on him? And or the other ones. So maybe that'll be addressed in season two. Maybe. Season one ended with uh, a nail biter where, again, the innies are out in the world. And spoiler alert, Heli is, she is like the daughter of the guy who founded the company. She's the granddaughter, the granddaughter of the founder. Yeah. yeah. And she's going to give a speech in front of all these big wigs. Senators, high profile people. Party, yeah. yeah. And theoretically, she's supposed to speak as... Her Audi person saying how great the severance is, but she is an innie and she's about to blow the lid off. My name is Helly R. I'm an innie. And everything they told you about severance is a lie. Burn! No, no, no. Listen, we're not happy. We're miserable. They torture us down there. Damn it! Please! We're prisoners! She's alive! <coughs> and soon before that, we found out that Mark's dead wife is actually alive, and she's Miss Casey. In the yes. building, who's kind of like an HR type person. No, she's like the therapist. Okay, therapist. Yeah, I mean, she she's Miss Casey. And he's had to do a break room with her once, bumped into her hallway maybe twice. So, And she was tasked with following Heli around as well. So. Yeah, and soon before that, she got fired. Yeah. And was escorted through this door, this hallway that... Um, uh, Irving was painting like he's doing these in his Audi world. He's painting this door and hallway rep repetitively, uh -huh. uh, finding anything he can paint it on. So interesting. I look forward to season two. 
Yeah. See where they go with that. See what happens when they switch them off and they're in their Audi world. Yeah. Probably not much will happen, but we'll see. I don't know. I think enough damage was done that it'll be interesting. Uh, the corporate juggernaut will uh, spin that and fix it. <laughs> oh, she just had too many margaritas, folks. <laughs> Let's move on to a uh, returning show that we liked called The White Lotus Season 2. Yeah. Whole new locale. They're in Sicily, Italy now, which I'm a little bummed by. Like, I like it back in Hawaii days. Yeah, keep them there. I like the Hawaii setting that was in the first season, of course. Sure. And, uh, but this is good. Yeah. I'm digging this so far. I think, uh, yeah, the scenery was a bonus in the last one, but the characters and the story and how that was all going to play out was very intriguing. Yeah. As it got going. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm not watching this one for the for the location. I mean, I, you kind of are, though. I kind mean, it's of. nice to see yeah. some Italian countryside yeah. and the villas and all that. Sure. And again, this show deals with a lot of interesting characters. And I think the first season started the same way where there was like a dead body or some sort of a. Yeah, because it yeah. was they're at the airport and they watched a body in a body or coffin. Yeah. Be loaded onto a plane. And then it flashed back to 13 weeks earlier. What happened? Or, or yeah. Whatever. Same here. Yep. Um, but uh, interesting stories with these characters. You got uh, Christopher, excuse me, Michael Imperioli. I called him Christopher because yeah. of his Soprano days. Absolutely. He's now playing the father of a 20-something-year-old. Um, you've got some other characters like this kind of tech billionaire, millionaire guy who brought his friend along and his wife, who's kind of a wet blanket played by... Um, um, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, thank you. Yep. Um, and some other characters and it's all kind of interesting. They're all interesting. They all have their own motivations for why they're there and what they're doing. They have their little quirks. Um, the one I'll play for you here is, uh, F Murray Abraham as the grandfather, Bert, <laughs> who's a huge, he's like flirting with every Italian girl. Uh, this girl comes up to escort them to their hotel room and he's flirting with her. This you character cracks me up. Northern look. Beautiful hazel eyes. Wonderful smile. You're very kind. You must be very popular. <laughs> All right, Dad. Uh, anyway, we're here because we're going to visit the town my grandmother's from. Oh. It's a little town, uh, Testa del Aqua. Yeah, that sounds very special. <laughs> Hopefully, um, we can find some people there who can speak English. You know? Not the, not the only time Bert will pass gas in this episode. That character cracks me up. He's just so, does not care. No filter. And whatever. I, I said this the other night. It bears repeating. F. Marie Abraham is having a renaissance. Yeah. Between this and his part in Mythic Quest, which is an Apple TV show that I think people yes. should check out. Yeah. There's a couple episodes on that show with him that are just like, oh, yeah. so brilliant. Yeah, he's good. It's funny. But he's having a moment, and uh, he's delivering on White Lotus, too. It's so funny to see the old man flirting with the woman who's, like, a fourth of his age. Yes. And he, he does that little, like, <laughs> eh, 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 eh. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy old creep. <sighs> but uh, the White Lotus uh, season two, it's shaping up to be interesting. I, I, I find myself fascinated with most of these characters, you know. I mean, there's even, like, even little moments where you're like, Huh, wonder what's going to go on here. Like when um, 
Aubrey Plaza's character goes to get uh, some uh, to get some trunks for her husband's college buddy, who's the tech billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's getting sunscreen in the bathroom, and so tech but tech guy is just stripping down behind her, putting on the trunks that yeah. he's borrowing. Like no big deal. Schlong's hanging out. He's not like flirting with her in any way, right? And so your mind is like, okay. And she's kind of looking. Yeah. Like, she's kind of, she's going back and forth between that look of what the fuck is he doing? Right. And also like, hmm. So you're kind of like, are they going to hook up? But then it's like, she reveals it to her husband later on in bed. Like, hey, he did this and it was weird. And it was just kind of, well, that's that. Well, it's kind of uncomfortable to see a friend naked. It like, totally is. Your yeah. friends, like you but it's don't not even like a friend though. They're not. Friends. No, not even. Yeah. Which makes it even weirder. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not close friends, and they haven't spent a lot of time together. So I don't know. That's odd to me. But some people have no shame with nudity. They don't care. Yeah, they'll get naked in front of anybody. I think the show. <laughs> what's what I'm interested to see is what they do with. Uh, <coughs> sorry, still dealing with the cough. Uh, with Jennifer Coolidge's character and her husband. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy from last season that she was hooking up with at the hotel. They got married. So she, you know, overhears him on the phone whispering something. And yeah. He says, oh, it's a work thing. Mm-hmm. I thought you're sleeping. So I wanted to, anyway. So I'm curious to see what'll happen there. I think the obvious answer is he's got some chick on the side. I think it's some shady business deals and he's going to take all of her money. There's that too. Yeah. That's my theory about that. Yeah, like I could see the motivation from season one. He just goes to these high-end resorts to find some yeah. sugar mama mm-hmm. to maybe latch on to. But I didn't see a lot of, and I'm trying to remember back to season one, that character didn't seem like he was really aggressively pursuing her. No. It seemed kind of almost the other way. Mm-hmm. Like she was more onto him than he was onto her. Maybe that's what works for him, though. Maybe that's I mean, his, yeah, maybe, maybe that's he, his play. He cast that. Dick spell, that old guy dick spell. <laughs> that <Well>, bird wants. <laughs> I will say that character is very naive and trust. Uh, J- Jennifer Coolidge's character, she's very naive and trusting of people, and she doesn't really vet people. She doesn't have that sense of like, oh, I better have my guard up for a while, you know, <clears throat> with people. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she gets swindled here. Yeah, um, but. Um, I'm trying to think of what else here. Uh, it's good to see Michael Imperioli. It doesn't seem like he's been around very often over the last 20 some years since Sopranos. I mean, little things here and there. But, sure. Um, what do you think the draw is of White Lotus? Hmm. I think it's the story. There's a mystery there. There, you know, kind of always. Yeah. And, you know, you get those relationship stories that kind of run alongside the main kind of mystery. Yeah, and what's interesting, and I'm going by the first season as well, they don't give you who the dead person or persons are. Right. They just show you that there's a dead person or persons. Like in this season, they just showed some feet in the backside, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So we don't know who's dead, and we don't know who was at least related to the killing of them Mm -hmm. or the death. So that's interesting, right? You don't get a, a whodunit where you don't know who the body is sure at least as an audience but yeah i think it's i I think the draw is that and i think you got some good characters absolutely it's interesting to see these different characters interacting because they eventually interact with one another Mm -hmm. to varying degrees but i like white lotus i do too yeah looking forward to the next episode yeah
which will drop this coming weekend. Anything else in White Lotus, my love? Nope. My love. <laughs> you are the most. Be- okay. And we'll wrap it up real quick. A post-Halloween uh, movie called The Black Phone. You did not see this. No, I did not watch this. I watched it. I've, wa- I've been watching a couple of scary movies without you because you're not a fan. Sure, but I did kind of do a little homework on this one. So, And also, I, did, I, I didn't bring it up to you because I think the subject matter might bother you. Yeah, I definitely read the kind of plot summary and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I could watch that. It's Be- not for yeah, me. Yeah, it's... Um, and trust me, I was kind of hesitant too, but uh, the Black Phone basically... It's set in the 70s, you know, anywhere's USA. I don't even know where they're at. I want to say Colorado. But uh, yes, there's this, Denver. there's this guy called the Grabber who's been snatching up young boys off the street. And a couple of kids have gone missing and never to return. We focus on this one boy, Finn, who um, eventually gets grabbed up by the Grabber. And he is in the soundproof holding area basement that the grabber puts them and there's a black phone on the wall it's not connected it doesn't work but eventually it rings and he's able to talk to some of the grabber's victims Mm. and the victims give him tips on how to get out and or defeat the grabber oh interesting it's an interesting concept and it works really well i did not know that that was Ethan Hawke, either. I know. And that's <laughs> I was the other like, thing. Wow. Oh, okay. Ethan Hawke plays the grabber. And this is like his second bad guy role in the last year. He was in Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. He was the bad guy there. And Ethan Hawke pulls off a very good bad guy. And this show, this movie is good. Um, it's very well paced. It's not very scary. There's mm. a couple scary moments, like tense moments, I'll say. Mm hmm. But it's definitely not scary. There's no like, you know, uh, flagrant gore or, you know, hurting kids scene. It's all implied. Okay. It's all like, you know, you, you see it off screen. It's not seen. It's off screen. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, some sad stuff, but oh. interesting movie. And I think it's worth a watch if you're into something that's kind of intense that uh, is maybe a little different. I liked it. All right. Yeah, and the masks are creepy as hell. So, yeah, go check out The Black Phone. Go check out Severance. Go check out White Lotus 2, season 2. Or 1 if you haven't seen that one either. Yeah, and that's the thing with White Lotus. I don't think you need to watch 1 to watch 2. I think you should. Sure. Because it's good. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, all good stuff here this week. Anything else? Nope, that'll do it. Just want to leave it on happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. We do. That's going to do it for us. This is the Married with Channels podcast. Please subscribe. Please give us a good review. That helps other people find the podcast. Share. Tell your friends. Absolutely. Until next time, I'm Moose. And I'm Jody. We'll see you. Bye.